welcome to Shiny New Clients, the marketing podcast that helps you attract shiny new clients to your business. We'll talk about social media, what makes people buy, how to go viral, and marketing psychology, all in 20 minutes or less. Whether you're a coach, a stylist, or a wedding planner, if you've got a service-based business to sell, this is the show you need to fill your calendar. I'm Jenna Warner, your new marketing coach, and this is Shiny New Clients. One of the most valuable things I ever took away from my business coach was her noticing that I have insane stress responses to any sort of email or correspondence that I even perceived as negative. So my very first business coach ever taught me to only have email correspondences that were neutral or positive. And that was really helpful. But the fact is, uh, you're going to get emails that are not neutral or positive sometimes. And if you're a sensitive soul like myself, it's really easy to let those emails just like knock you off your rocker. So what my business coach taught me was when we receive a, what we called mean mails, (laughs) whether it was mean or I just perceived it as mean, doesn't matter. I would have a cortisol response and I'd get really worked up about it and get red in the face and then not respond rationally. So what she taught me to do was immediately move my body. Cut to me doing push-ups in the office, jumping up and down, running around the house. Because you move, she taught me, the cortisol through your body and almost like flush it out through that movement so you can, man, feel like yourself again and respond the way that you want to. Okay, why am I talking about this? Because this is what we're talking about in today's episode. I have with me Molly Donlin, who is a Reiki practitioner, a Reiki teacher. She's taught hundreds of people how to do Reiki on themselves and how to manage that stress. And she's a freaking banging entrepreneur. She's a magic marketing machine grad. She's got almost a million followers, if not more, across all of her platforms. So she's a marketing whiz. But more importantly, she is going to bestow upon us some knowledge to help us manage stress responses so that we can run our business better, so that we can show up on social media. So Molly, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm such a big fan of yours, as you know. I love how what you teach is so applicable to marketing and to business and to living life as a human on planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the goal really is like life is stressful enough. So how can we take a little bit of the sting out of that stress and actually like ride the wave rather than getting knocked over by it every single time? Yeah. And I'm like so susceptible to stress, especially like coming up as a bartender in like a gossipy environment and as an actor, which I know you were too, in a dramatic environment. I feel like I got into this like work place without knowledge on how to behave like a grown up in a professional environment, like full disclosure. Yeah. And I think like entrepreneurship, I always say like being an entrepreneur is like an expedited healing journey because all of a sudden, you can't hide from your shit, right? Like if you're afraid of being seen, it's going to show up every single day. If you have problems with money, if you have problems with self-worth, if you have a easily triggered stress response, if you have difficulty sleeping, if you have anxiety, like all of that is times a hundred when you're an entrepreneur because all of a sudden the weight of your business is on your shoulders. And so as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we need to start to recognize why we have those reactions so that we can start to reassure our nervous system and reassure our brain that 
it is safe to be seen. It's safe to have a business. It's safe to be in charge. And that ultimately opens so many doors for you. Hey, but cut to us treating the symptoms. We're like, oh, I'm having a difficult conversation with someone. I'll treat the symptoms and I'll deal with this difficult conversation. Not why am I responding so poorly to this difficult conversation? We need to deal with the root. And that's like calming down and approaching all of this as the person that we want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ultimately, like I always teach my students and my clients that this wiring is not a fault of yours. It's actually necessary, right? Like we are wired, our brains are wired to keep us alive. And it's really, really good at its job because any given day, there's like 72 million things that could take your life and you're still here. So there's a whole lot that's on your side. And the fact that we have these reactions is because there's a part of our brain that doesn't feel safe. And so we can start to turn our awareness to this instead of being like, oh, I'm worried about money again, or oh, I don't want to post them. What if I go viral? What if I get mean comments? It's like, instead, can we turn a compassionate lens to our brain and be like, wow, there's a part of me that doesn't feel safe right now. How can I reassure that part of me that I've got my back, that I'm okay, that this isn't a tiger that's about to jump out and eat me? Every time I have a guest on who (laughs) has gone viral it's always comes back to like who we are being and energetics and the mindset that we were in. And so let me give you like a really practical meets woo example of that. I made a post like last year that was just a reel. And it was like me telling my client that a post that took us 15 minutes to make just sent 1500 people to his website that was the post. And one of the comments was someone having vicarious fear going, oh my God, was he okay? Like, how did he do with that massive mm. influx? You know, thinking, well, did the site break? Was he able to support that many people and all of that? And I hear that worry all the time where people like don't want to go viral or they don't want to get a whole bunch of eyeballs on them because they're worried that they won't be able to handle the influx of people. Now think about the energy you're walking into a reel with or a post with. If you're kind of trying to attract people, but you're also kind of hoping they don't come because you're worried, like on an energetic level, that's, that means a lot, but even just on a performance and you performing in the real level or you as a copywriter writing the caption level, that fear is going to surface. I see that all the time. That happened to me. I mean, my TikTok went mega, mega, mega viral in 2021. And it was amazing. But then it was like, oh my God, it was so overwhelming. I had so many comments. I had so many DMs. I had so many messages. I was getting hundreds of DMs a day. And so it became every time I went to open any of my social media app, I had this little like lump in my chest of like, oh, I'm not getting back to people fast enough. And so that would make me like basically freeze and put off responding to DMs. And then I didn't want to make content that would go viral. But then if I made content and it didn't go viral, I felt bad about myself with that. So I got stuck in this place where I just like, I couldn't make content. I couldn't tap into that creativity. And the thing about it is your brain really doesn't know the difference between going viral and getting one hate comment in the sea of support and a tiger chasing you. It responds as if you are running for your life, fighting for your life, or it's going to play dead and freeze and not do anything and hope that tiger moves on to fresher prey. That's how we are wired. And when we are in that state, we physically cannot tap into our creativity. We cannot tap into our empathy. We cannot tap into our logical reasoning because our brain has such tunnel vision on fighting for our life or getting out of there. So that's why 
even just one hate comment amidst hundreds of thousands of views is the only thing that we can see. Yeah, we have our brains are wired. It's called a negativity bias. So basically, like if you had a thousand positive comments and one negative comment, you are going to remember that negative comment. Because if you were in a room speaking to a thousand people and everyone was smiling except for one person in the back who's looking at you sideways, your brain is zooming in and being like, that person's going to jump me. That person's a threat. Where are the exits? And so it's our brain does that to pick up on things that we need to survive, right? That's why we don't walk in front of cars and buses and eat Tide Pods because our brain is constantly like assessing whether or not something's going to kill me. And it sounds really dramatic, but for so many of us, what happens is we get carried away by our brain and we notice the negative and then we get this tunnel vision because that's how our brain is wired. And then we think that all we have is negative. So then it's like every negative comment we spend more time on, we spend more focus on, and then we start to see only that and we drown out all the positives. And so when we look at our experience as a whole, we go, oh, I'm not going to post because everyone's mean to me, even though it's just literally one person. That happened at my wedding. I was, (laughs) yeah, I was, I'm thinking of it now. I was giving our like, thank you speech in front of literally a room full of people who couldn't love us more. Like literally just piles and piles. People have traveled across the country to be here because they love us. And I was looking at one of Jordan's relatives and I thought she was scowling. And then mm-hmm. I later realized she's just one of those people that sort of has a rest, resting scowling face, which is like, you know, it is what it is. And I don't, I don't know her. And I thought she was scowling at me. And I'm like, did I make a like off color joke? What did I say? There's no yeah. reason why she would have been scowling, you know, but all I could think of was her. And then I'm like ignoring a hundred people who love me for this one person I'm worried is judging me. Just like absolutely crazy talk, you know? And it's so interesting because so many of us go through life with this as an unconscious reaction. And that's what feeds this, this stress response in our nervous system. Because if you see someone scowling at your wedding and you're like, oh, that person is mad at me, then the whole wedding, you're like in this state of tension. Every time you have to interact with them, you're like, oh, I hope I don't say the wrong thing, right? And it's the same thing when we're posting online. If we get one hate comment about like, oh, your eyebrows look weird. And then the next time you go to film, you're like, do my eyebrows look weird? Like, do they? And that's that comes through. And then you're like constantly checking the comments being like, has anyone else noticed my eyebrows? Has any, no one said anything. Is that because they look bad? Like it, you get really in your head in it and that feeds this tiger response. Your brain is like looking for tigers because it would rather assume there's a tiger and be wrong than not assume there's a tiger and be wrong and you get eaten. So what happens is because this goes unconscious is we don't realize it. So we get stuck in it and then it becomes this pattern of what we're looking at and what we're looking for. And so what I teach people to do is start to recognize, oh, it's so cute. She's scowling at me and my brain thinks it's a tiger. It's so cute. My cute little brain is doing what it's programmed to do. It's just trying to protect me. It's okay, brain. I'm okay right now. It could be a million other things, right? And we we recognize that response and we start to reassure our brain. Then we can walk ourselves out of those patterns and start to see all of the things that are going right. Start to reconnect with our creativity, reconnect with that relaxation response so that we can choose the reaction we want to have when these things come up. Okay. So the story you were telling before where you went viral and then you kind of hit that flight fight or freeze response. I'm assuming you weren't aware of you of what you are aware of now when that happened. Like did you know what was happening to you then? Did you recognize it in the moment? Yeah, I did. 
<laughs> I did. I'm I'm a little bit of an outlier though because I've been teaching this for so long that I was like, oh, it's so cute. I like I clearly am in like a fight response right now. Um, but it took a little while for me to come out of it because I didn't realize why it was happening. I was like, this is what I wanted. This is the momentum that I wanted. This is the virality that I wanted. And I didn't realize that my brain was like, well, this is too much all at once. It's too much all at once. And so I kept trying to feed that and be like, see, let's go viral again. Let's go viral again. And we'll see it's safe then. When in reality, what I needed to do was take a step back and breathe and reassure myself so that I could approach my content from like a more authentic lens and from a more creative lens and from a, a, a place of relaxation rather than just like trying to catch this wave and ride it and like almost led to like a little bit of burnout after a couple of weeks of trying to ride that wave. I think sometimes when we go viral, we think we have to hold on to this. We have to hold on. It's like sand dripping through our fingers, right? If I don't strike while the iron's hot, my entire business is going to blow up tomorrow. When in reality, as you know, and I know you teach, it's like you have growth content and then nurture content and then sales content. And you can't bring people through that funnel in like five seconds. You have to give them time. So in turn, you're allowed to have time. You're allowed to step back. Like when I went viral, I thought, oh, I have to make five posts a day and they all have to get millions of views. And I have to just constantly be checking and responding to comments. And then I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't, you know, doing the practices that helped me get into a creative space. I like would skip my morning meditation practice to check my notifications. And then next thing you know, it was like running my life. So I think for me, when now when I do go viral, instead of going into that mode where I'm like, running at the momentum and trying to do the most, I take a step back and I breathe and prioritize the human being beneath the content creator, beneath the entrepreneur, and allow myself to reassure my brain that like it is safe to go viral. Because what happens is if we run ourselves into the ground, our brain associates burnout with virality. And so next time we go to create a post and we want it to go viral, our brain's like, wait, 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 wait. Last time that was really scary. And last time we didn't sleep. And last time we were really stressed out. So like do we really want to go viral? But if you start to create this pattern of like, when I go viral, it gives me a, it gives me an opportunity to take my foot off the gas a little bit and let momentum ride out so that I can prioritize myself for a minute so that when I do pick it up again, I have momentum. I have steam left in my tank. Yeah. Okay. So I want to make sure because you're an anomaly right now for a lot of listeners because you have a bazillion followers. Um. So I want to make sure that <laughs> on top of like, these are mindset shifts I think that anyone can use at any tier. But I just want to make sure that for you listening, if you have 200 followers and a thousand views on a video is way more than you average, then that's your viral in this yeah. story. So we get asked a lot, actually. We just got asked this like last week, someone on the Magic Marketing Machine group call, and I know that you responded to them when someone was like, well, what is viral? What does that mean? I, for me, it's just anything that is like maybe a scary number of eyeballs right now or more than normal. So if you suddenly got 10,000 views on a video, that's your viral. For Molly, it's more like a million, but it's kind of all relative when we're talking about this approach. Yeah, because honestly, like your nervous system doesn't care how many eyeballs it is, right? Like it could be your usual amount of eyeballs, but more comments than you're used to. Yes. It could be your usual amount of eyeballs, but more sales than you're used to. Your usual amount of eyeballs, but more DMs than you're used to. It's like whenever it's kind of beyond the comfort zone, 
then your nervous system needs some reassurance that it's safe. It's safe to grow. It's safe to step outside of that comfort zone. It's safe to expand because ultimately anything that is unknown is a tiger to your brain until you teach it that it's not. And I think that's the biggest biggest learning lesson as an entrepreneur I've had is like recognizing like, oh, my brain thinks that this new income level is a tiger. How can I step back and reassure myself that it's safe to receive this money, that it's not all going to go away tomorrow? Oh, I got more DMs than I used to. How can I reassure myself that this isn't a tiger so that I can respond to these people and build connections? And like, you know, these are all things that we want as business owners, but our nervous system is a little bit nervous. Here's an example that I don't know that anyone else will relate to, but when I bought the time block planner, like the actual, it's called time block planner. And at the beginning, there's an um, explanation on how to use the planner. And then the planner helps you plan your day. And it worked so well for me that when I use my time block planner, I go a million miles a minute. I get so much work done in a single day that I stopped using it. Like moving at that speed and being that efficient freaked my brain out. And mm-hmm. I was just talking to my friend this morning, Alicia, who is another guest on this show, is a mindset coach. I'm like, isn't it crazy? Like, I knew, I know that the planner helps me move faster, but that speed I'm understanding right now is like freaking out my nervous system. And I need to tell her, hey, it's okay. It's okay for us to be this efficient. And if we have time left over at the end of the day, guess what? You can do whatever you want with that time. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting because, you know, I always teach my my students in my Reiki training that like that is the practice, right? Because a lot of us are wired to go, 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 go until we burn out, right? Our productivity is tied to our self-worth. How much we get done in a day is tied to how we can view ourselves as like, did we have a good day or a bad day? And for a lot of us, we are trained and wired towards burnout. And I think when we become entrepreneurs, it's this opportunity to rewire that. It's this opportunity to walk that programming back and say, like, why did I actually start my business? Was it so that I so I burn out every day, or was it so I have the freedom to choose how I spend my days? And there's a lot of discomfort in that for us. Is like, oh, I got all my work done in three hours and now I have time. Like, that can't be right. I should sit at my desk and like piddle for a while because that's what we did at our nine to fives, right? And so it sounds like your your nervous system is kind of having that moment of like. Ooh, I sh- I feel like I should be working, but I got everything done and I don't have more I can do, but like I should still be here. And so it's like, that's an opportunity to rewire that and be like, you know what? No, it's actually safe to take an afternoon off. It's actually It actually feels really good for me to just go and take a nap in the middle of the day or take myself out to lunch or go for a walk, you know? And there's, uh, there's always a little bit of discomfort because your nervous system's like, oh, this is new. This is new. But then that's when you go, cute little brain. Thank you so much for taking care of me. Thank you so much for protecting me. This nap is not a tiger. Okay. I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths to reassure you of that. And then I'm going to close my eyes for the afternoon. It's like when you say it, it's like, duh. But when we live it, it's like impossible. <laughs> yeah. It's a practice, right? Like I, I don't say it like it's easy. I say it like it's practice, right? It's, it's one step at a time. And especially like, again, the way that your brain works is, it creates neural pathways based on patterns and based on habits. So if you have lived your life and I'm someone who I grew up, you know, I went straight from school to dance rehearsal to theater to soccer practice to girl scouts to bed and wake Same. up and repeat. Same. And so 
I have this wiring too of like, if, you know, if you have time to lean, you have time to clean and like, I'll sleep when I'm dead and all of those things. Like I remember growing up, if I had a sick day, I was only allowed to watch Cats, the musical or the history channel. Like I wasn't allowed to just nap and, and be quiet and be rested. So I have this wiring too, and it takes a while to repattern that. But every single moment that you notice, you catch yourself and being like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Why? That's when we bring curiosity in. Like, why am I not using this planner anymore? Why did I put this planner down? Could it be that I'm a little uncomfortable with the space that I've created in my day? And if so, how can I breathe into that? And how can I give myself little space or like you said, move my body or even holding an ice cube. You know, I teach people uh, a practice called Reiki, which is an energy healing practice that can help shift your nervous system very quickly into that relaxation response. But really anything that helps you reassure your brain that what's happening is not a tiger. Every single time you do that, you create new wiring in your brain. And eventually it's going to become your new normal. It's going to become your new habit. And I did use my planner today after having that conversation. So one neural pathway down, 700,000 to go. <laughs> um, Molly, I would love to have you back again to talk about your relationship to sales because I think that's also thrilling because in that time when you were going viral, I recall you got really good at going viral, really good at making growth content. And then we had to re-inject, like you alluded to, the nurture content and the sales content in order to actually see results in terms of money and clients coming in from all of that virality. And I think that's such an interesting journey that people will want to hear about again. So until then, where can we find you? Yeah. If you're if you're curious about me, you can follow me um, on Instagram or TikTok. My handle is at Modizzle with a zero instead of an O and a three instead of an E. Or you can check out my podcast. It's called Demystify Magic, and we explore all things woo through a lens of science and spirituality. So if you like learning about the brain and you like learning about how you can apply this type of stuff to your everyday life in a way that is low effort and low pressure, you're going to like that podcast. And of course, all of that is linked in the show notes. And I will see you, beautiful person, next week or online. Bye. Bye.